time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. And here we are with another edition of Bump and Run. I am Run. And I am Bump. And that was Lola. <laughs> Lola. And we've been playing... Uh, and because it's starting to get warm weather here in Toronto, we've been playing this song for you, too, today. Does this bring back any memories? So let's, let's go get some ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Now, I would I guess... The ice, I think the ice cream truck theme is very underrated. It's very underrated. I don't see them much around here. There used to be an ice cream truck that came up our place all the time. doesn't come up anymore. But you live kind of out, out in the wilderness, so... Yeah, we're we still have them around here in the city. Hmm. That's that, and you don't see you don't see the guy walking around with the bell sharpening knives much anymore. Did you no. see him? No, yeah, the the sharpener guy he used to come around. Yeah. My parents' house used to see him every all the time. We'd have to move when we were playing hockey or tennis or whatever we were playing on the road. Did um, you ever get your knife sharpened? Fire? We never did. Never did. Oh, I don't think we did, did you? either. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I used to buy ice cream. I I bought ice cream from no the knife sharpening ice sure. cream. Yeah. No. Uh, speaking of um, going under the knife, <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> oh, but I had a segue. Webby. <laughs> uh, here is uh, Tiger Woods again, um, teasing us once before. I thought it was weird. This week, he sort of on one day he said, someone asked him how his back was at the press conference at Big Cedar Lodge. He says, "Well, I have yep. good days and bad days." And then, like within the next twenty-four hours, he must have got under the knife because yep. two days later they announced that he's got a bad. He's got undergone sports surgery. Must have had a really bad that. day. I guess uh, those two shots that he hit at Big Cedar Lodge to the par yeah. three must have thrown his back out. Required yeah, I know. He, he hit another, fired another one into the rocks, and I uh, oh, was yeah. like, "Yeah, I better have another back surgery." I uh, I think he will come back eventually. Oh, oh yeah, he'll come back. I, I there's one thing about Tiger is he is not a guy that just wants to give it up. I don't believe. Um, I think you're right. Because I, I think everybody's screaming for him to give it up. So that's just going to make him come back even more. I agree, and I think that his uh, his determination. I don't think he'd know what to do if he didn't. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I know he wants some of the stuff coming out, and everyone's saying, "Well, he just wants to have a decent life," and I think that's yes. true. But I think he wants to have more than that. I think he wants to have golf and a good life. Yes, I agree. I think he still wants to play. I think he still wants to win, and I think he feels he can still compete. All right, and um, that's that about time. Yeah. I'm tired of talking about Tiger. Never thought I'd say that. Kevin Chappell wins 180 Chappy. tournaments, and uh, he's a terrible putter, but he sunk it with a nice, ended it with a nice putt on the yep. eighth hole. He's like 196 in putting strokes game putting this year, and uh, but but this is kind of his mo. If you look back at his record, so he was a walk on at UCLA, played collegiate golf without a scholarship. By his fourth year, he was the uh, um, player of the year in the NCAA and the NCAA individual champion. So it takes him takes him a little while to kind of get rolling, but but he did this and and got the win, and uh, I thought it was kind of kind of a nice to see him win. Yeah, it was, and again, you know, you talk about Sergio's reaction, his reaction after winning was uh, was fantastic, and he's good buddies with his caddy, and uh, they had a nice hug. But it was it's you know he's been knocking on the door for a win for a while. He's got like six runner ups in the last two years. Um, he hit a couple of horrible putts. One at Bay Hill and one I think at the Tour Championship where he had a chance to win, and he left them both like I think yeah. like four feet short. Yeah. They were awful. Well, what he has to do is what he did this past week at Valero was I believe he made most of his birdie putts were of seven feet. I think ninety percent of his birdie putts were seven feet or less. 
aside from the tank, where do they want to win? So just hit it close for him, and that's uh, it's yeah, it's a recipe for success. Easier said than done, uh, but it was really tough, really tough conditions on the weekend there. So um, it's crazy. Saw see what Adam Hadwin shot eighty two. Yeah. That was a, one day. That was a nice. Uh, I think Greg Delette tweeted out. He said, "I'm glad I'm watching this on the couch." Yeah, he said, "Would have been a reality, good reality show to have ten handicappers play <laughs> play the course. That would have been funny. Nobody would finish." <laughs> he's great on. Uh, he's great on Twitter. He is actually. great on like Twitter. Him. Yeah, I he like likes it. to light it up too. He sent a tweet out after the Leafs lost, saying, "Boy, have you ever heard so many people be so happy about a team losing and you know they're complimenting each other and everything." Said so much praise for a team that lost in the first round, and then of course he got all the trolls out. Oh yeah, him. he'll get he'll get ripped for that. Flames lost <laughs> okay, so, too, so he he has nothing to stand on there. So we have two important questions about Kevin Chappell's win. The first okay. is the first is who is now the best player without a PGA Tour win? Mm-hmm. Well, there, you well, you know, there's a lot of European players that are obviously really good players. That haven't won yet, you know. You know, a young kid on the like PGA Tom, Tour. on the PGA Tour, one on the right. European Tour, on various other tours. A guy like Tommy Peters, Thomas Peters, uh, you know, your Tommy Fleetwoods, your Tyrrell Hattons, they're really good players. They're really well ranked, but haven't so won on the PGA like, Tour. Just, what, what about just like PGA Tour players? I would say like Graham Dillette's one. Right? I would say Graham Dillette would be one of the one of the ones that are that is up at the top. Uh, maybe a guy like. Oh. Well, Brendan DeYoung. Yeah, he's had a lot of starts without a win. He's over yeah. 200, I believe. Um, uh, Brian Davis, I think, has the most right now. He's over 300. Really? Jeff Overton, remember him? Yes. Another guy who hasn't won. He's never That's won. Kind of crazy. Never won on the PGA Tour. If you want to go young guys that are, you know, really up and comers, you know, a guy like uh, Bryson DeChambeau or Ollie Schneidergens or those guys are. Could be up there if you're looking at up-and-comers that uh, have played well. Um, you know, I think Graham Dillette would be one of them, though, for sure. Um, yes. Yeah, as, as far as a guy who's a, you know, got the pedigree to do it, and the and he's, has been has been on the tour for quite a while. I think he del- he's a lot like uh, Kevin Chapel. He has to hit it really close, and and you know that putter actually is working well this year. But I think. He doesn't want to have to wedge it either. Yeah, no. He uh, he definitely, yeah, around the greens, hit the greens. I think his putty yeah. is, uh, has it's gotten to the point where it. I think he's got some confidence on the greens, whereas he probably didn't before. But I still right. think around the greens, even though the yips are, are gone, uh, he just, I don't believe he's still comfortable he's around them. Yeah. Right. Okay, the second question about Kevin Chappell's win is, uh, he has a very distinctive hat. It's got mm-hmm. kind of the flat brim. It's, it's not really a real flat. It's not really a flat brim, but it's a, like with the new new look flat brim. It's got just a tiny bend in it, right? Yes, a little, very very little bend. Yeah. So, who who has a famous hat? Who do you think has the most famous hat? You know, in golf. Well, I think uh, well a guy that uh, sparked a lot of people to buy hats was Ricky Fowler, um, yeah. with his flat brim. But I'm I've always been a big fan of Shingo, Shingo Katayama's hat, the cat, the, the cowboy. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I like that one. Here's a couple other people I'm going to ask you if you like them or you don't like them. Jim Colbert, he had yeah, the bucket hat. Remember? Absolutely, the bucket hat. You got to go with the bucket hat. Our cameraman Dean Wollers would be upset if we didn't uh, like Jim Colbert's bucket hat. He's big in the in the bucket hat. He and and Jim Colbert's doppelganger when he wears yeah. it too. We kind of look like <laughs> each other. That's right. Uh, Greg Norman had the kind of the shark hat. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of those hats. Um, 
Unless you were at oh, like yeah. a beach drinking, then then, yeah. <laughs> then I would wear one of those hats, but not on the golf course. Bob Bob Murphy had one kind of like that. I don't know if you remember Bob Murphy. I don't remember Bob Murphy's hat. He was an announcer for a while. And no, I know who Bob Murphy Open is. Of, yeah, and he won the Canadian Open out of nowhere one year. How about yeah. uh, Michelle McGann? The big floppy hat. Doesn't yeah, work for men. She had, she had a lot of them. I remember seeing a picture of her traveling where she had like all these hat boxes she had to bring with her. Yeah, Talk see, that's a, hard, that's a tough one to travel with. That big it floppy is. hat, if you're not wearing it, that's right. a tough one to travel with. She, could, of she could pull it off, but... Uh, Payne Stewart. You couldn't pull that off, Michelle I McGann. I, I couldn't pull off the Michelle McGann. <laughs> I don't think that's right. I'm not sure if many men could. No, I don't think so. For the right price, though, I probably would try it. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be like a couple of craft beers or something. But uh, uh, Payne Stewart. Oh yeah, of course. That's you, I, know the you, cool th- you gotta love the Payne. The Payne Stewart one is uh, is great because you know guys like Calvin Pete wore the, that one as well. Yep. Ben Hogan back in the day. Of course. It's called the Ben Hogan hat, right? That's how we kind of... Is that what it's called? It. Co- yeah, but it's... I, I don't know what it's the name really is. That. It's not That's really not really a Ben Hogan hat, but I can't remember what the name is, but... Uh. You know, the cool thing about Payne Stewart was, like, he wore that hat so much, and he wore the plus fours or the knickers, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. You'd, you'd see him sometimes at tournament stops. You'd see him out for dinner somewhere at some restaurant, and he had this, like, really blonde hair, and you'd see him in jeans, and nobody would recognize him. <laughs> that was the kind of That's cool thing about cover. That. Perfect cover yeah. for him to go out and not... Uh, and not uh, be be recognized anywhere for a guy that was a golfer of his stature. I remember seeing him at uh, in downtown Oakville at a restaurant one time, and we kind of had to look around and like do a triple take. Is that really him? Is that really him? Yeah, it was. It's funny. Unlike when Lee Westwood was following us around in Pennsylvania last year at the U.S. Right. Open, he kept eating. He kept eating at every restaurant we yeah, were at. Every restaurant. He showed I think up. He was liking our dining suggestions that we always post. Well, we clearly, <laughs> clearly he's following us. We see clearly. Uh, okay, so uh, new ruling today, as we're taping this, that came out. It was all about the uh, video review, mm-hmm. and I think they they did a good job. Now, apparently, they met at the Masters. Uh, all the governing bodies, well, the two governing bodies plus a number of the tours, European Tour, PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, and I heard Mike Wan was really mad. Like, of course, it was kind of an embarrassment to his tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the course. ANA when Alexi Thompson was penalized for marking her ball incorrectly, which she did. Yes. She yeah, did, there's no question there was a penalty. Yeah, there's absolutely but no there's, question there's a penalty. But there's a whole bunch of things that happen when you when you ha- allow video cameras to go in and do this. So the new rule essentially is if you couldn't see it with the naked eye, then you can't use it as a tool to, to in, impose a rule. So mm-hmm. if you have super high def close up and you see two grains of sand move like Anna Nordquist. Anna Nordquist, that's open last a, year. yeah, absolutely. That, would, that wouldn't happen. But I think the Lexi rule, still, she still would have been charged. Yeah, I think that you could see, it was clear to see if you watched her that she mismarked the ball. And my whole problem was, okay, it was missed. And she obviously didn't, I don't believe she realized she did it. I'm not, I'm not accusing her of cheating. She didn't do it on purpose. But at the end of the day, if you, if it's not caught the day of, then why yeah. are we penalizing her? It, and if you want to, if you want to penalize her, okay, give her the two shot penalty. But you can't expect her. You can't give a penalty for signing an incorrect scorecard after the fact when she was under the impression when she signed it that that was the right score. I think I think when everyone when the last player is in the house. And signs the card. That's the end of yeah, it. Yeah, it's the end of it. Sorry, it's it. You can't, can't you can't go back and call a tripping penalty 
a day later and say, oh, we better we better replay that. We better give him a power play, see what happens. It just, you know, it just other, looks bad. The other interesting thing about that is that Randall Mell in uh, at, uh, Golf Channel brought up. He said, "What if what if in a situation, let's say let's say it's um, you're losing by a shot, mm-hmm. and you're going into the final round, but two days earlier you saw something on TV that the leader, the person who's a shot ahead of you, uh, had a made a bad ball mark. So then you call in." Right. Or your dad calls in, or your yeah, mother you get calls some, in. Yeah, one of your team to call in. Yeah, it's, calls it in after the fact, and all of a sudden now you're you're ahead by three instead of trailing by one or something. Like the intent there, it's still a rule. It's still a rules violation. It's still an right. infraction, but you wouldn't have probably called it in unless you were in this situation. Right. So that kind of sucks. Like call-ins are are off limits to me. I shouldn't well, be allowed gonna... as a fan to call in and impact the tournament. If a fan on site sees a violation and goes to a rules official at the time, to, you should take a look at that, I would be fine with that because they witnessed it. I'm sitting here on the phone or on the, on the television, watching the television, and I shouldn't be able to call in and say, I think I just saw a rules infraction because it's not, you're not, you don't have cameras on every person in the field. Right, it's not, not a fair play. So it's not like, you know, Tiger Woods was, every shot of his was on television. And whereas you, a guy who teed off at 7 a.m. is not on television. Right, so exactly. So there's just, a, you know, I, I, I think it's a good rule. Um, yes, I, I still am interested in hearing what she has to say about the incident, which I assume she will this week when she come, she's playing at, uh, in Texas Volunteers, Volunteers of America. America. And uh, I believe she's talking on Wednesday. We're taping this on Tuesday. Um, so... I'll be interested to hear what she has to say about the incident. She's not known as a cheater, from no. what I from what I understand. There are people that are known cheaters, but now I think people probably look a lot closer at what she does to make sure, sure. this was a one-off incident. Um, There's always scrutiny under the under the people who who have been known to be a little light with the rules, right? Uh, and I know I remember Jack Nicholas was saying at the Masters this year that they they had a guy who was marking his ball not quite properly all the time at the President's Cup, and they just went and talked to him and said, hey, right. listen, uh, we kind of noticed this, and so they, uh, and the guy shaped up. So um, sometimes it's, you can handle these things internally, and I know, right. <clears throat> like in cheaters, like people who get a, accused of cheating are really face it in the locker room and stuff. I remember Don Morgan, I think his name was, was a guy, there was a, Walter Morgan, there was a guy who shot a 60 at the, one of the Champions Tour events in Canada, but on the second to last hole, he, he went to knock a putt in and he missed it. And he he pretended he was just fooling around, but he really did miss it. Everybody knew, all the other players knew. Right. And so instead, instead he shot 61, I think, or maybe he was going to break 59, break 60 or something. Anyway, whatever the result was, nobody believed that he was just faking this thing. He was right. just having fun. So they just isolated him. And nobody talked to him. He would sit by himself and lunch, and they everyone let him know that they knew what he was thinking. So um, he kind of disappeared after a while, actually. Well, and we witnessed one of those in in uh, London at the Canadian Women's Open at the CP um, with Chella Choi, who had been known to do a couple do a couple rule bending, and, and Jessica Corder was there the whole time looking at the tape. Um, they were back in our TV compound, so you don't want to get that you don't want to get that scrutiny on your on your record. So no, um, that is your reputation, right? So it's a, and I don't believe people think Lexi's a would do it automatically or do it knowingly. So, but it'll be interesting. They should now, she probably will be closely watched by her playing partners going 
forward for a little bit just to make sure it was just a one-off. But it'll be interesting yeah. what she has to say. But I think the rule is a good rule. Like the Anna Norquist, the Anna Norquist ruling was a joke. Um, yeah. Two, two grains of sand is that's how yeah. you test the sand. That's yeah, like ridiculous. that's just ridiculous. ridiculous. Um, but all right, well, such as the rules um, of golf sometime, aren't they? Speaking of a, a fine, upstanding guy. Uh, Mike Weir went into the Canadian Sports Hall. Actually, I got corrected today. It's Canada's Sports Hall of Fame, not right. the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. Right. Canada's Sports Hall of Fame, and he's going in with people like Simon Whitfield and Cindy Classen and Lanny McDonald, and I think it's uh, well deserved. Absolutely. Uh, what about? What do you say? Oh, of course, yeah. I, I, how could you argue against it? Um, I know there were a lot of people that said, "Oh, he's not in it already." Um, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of great Canadian athletes, and you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. But, you know, the winningest. The winningest uh, Canadian on tour, uh, won a major, won a tour championship, won a WGC event, played five President's Cups. $24 um, million in earnings. Yeah, $24 million in earnings. Um, was ranked third at one point in time, back when he was won three tournaments in 03, including the Masters. Um, was one time a golf analyst for TSN. That's right. And a guest appearance this past year at the Masters. <laughs> uh, I just think it's obviously deserved, uh, and uh, he's arguably the greatest Canadian golfer of all time. So and a nice guy. Yeah, and uh, it's absolutely well-deserved. So um, he deserves it, and he's already a Canadian Golf Hall of Famer. Why not a Canadian Sports Hall of Famer? His Masters victory is still one of the better sporting moments in in Canada's history, so uh, good for and Mike. He's, he's got the Order of Canada, too, which is pretty good. Yep. That's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good uh, little well, resume he's built up there. I, I had a chance to chat with Mr. Weir this week, and I'm going to play you that interview right now as we um, as we uh, head out here. But before we do, um, I was thinking that maybe one more time we could just listen to the Ice Cream Truck song. Maybe this should be the theme song at Zurich with the team format. That could be. That could be. We'll have to talk about that. Oh, yeah. We'll have tons <laughs> of stuff about that. We'll have lots, All right, that's lots of for, reaction uh, for that next week. Oh, it slows down now. It's slowing down now. It's running out of gas? I think so. Maybe the ice cream is melting. Better get to Weirzy before the ice cream truck <laughs> okay. dies. We'll see you next time on Bump and Run. I am Run. I am Bump. Talk to you next week. And joined now by the newest member of the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame, Mike Weir. Congratulations. That's a, uh, a nice honor to add to a, a lengthy list of laurels that you already have. Well, thanks, We see. Yeah, it was... Um... So I was saying to someone earlier, I was surprised, but it's a great, great honor. You know, it wasn't, uh, it kind of, to me, kind of came out of the blue, but very nice, uh, nice call to get for sure. You've had a lot of uh, different honors. I know a couple of uh, uh, Ontario and Canadian Golf Hall of Fames and Order of Canada. Where, you know, where does this one kind of fit for you? Well, it's nice to, to be in with all, you know, all the different sports and all the different athletes, you know, it was kind of, I had a minute to take a look at, a list of uh, um, some people that have gone in and, um, you know, to be honored as, as one of the better athletes, not just golfer, is uh, is, is nice because I, I've always considered golf um, a sport, an athletic sport, and I trained that way from, from a, you know, before there was many guys doing it that way. So um, it's, all, it's nice in that regard. That's, that's a, it's a, it's a well put statement. It really has changed over the years, hasn't it? I mean, golf is, uh, as you say, an athletic endeavor these days. And whether it was started mm-hmm. by Gary Player or Tiger Woods or whoever it was, it's certainly, uh, 
Uh, you can't really be a, a round belly anymore, as I used to say. <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, you know, Gary Player obviously was was one of the trailblazers there. But even when, when I first got on the tour, I mean, we had one fitness trailer out there, and um, you know, we'd see Tiger in there a little bit, and then and myself, and maybe Stuart Appleby, and a couple of guys. That was it. And now, now you can't even get in there because everybody's in there, and there's two there's two trailers on tour, and with all the trainers, and so. Usually I try to find somewhere else because it's so packed in there. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is these days, uh, I mean, in addition to having your swing coach, pretty much everybody has their own trainer or whether they're on tour or not, but they certainly have someone who they're working with, don't they? They do. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, I think the evolution of sport and the evolution of golf and with the equipment nowadays and learning, you know, how the game has progressed and transformed into so much of a power game the last, you know, dozen years or so. Um, you have to stay on top of that stuff. Uh, let's let's just get a little update on, on Mike Weir. I know you had a uh, two rounds at the Masters, and the, not not a not a terrible performance by any means. But uh, I know I know you would have liked to do better than off to Morocco. Uh, yeah. Played there. Give us give us a status of where you feel. I know you haven't played much this year. That may be the biggest issue for you, is it? Yeah, that's one of the issues. You know, I haven't played much, and um, you know, I'm trying to work through a few things here, and um, I'm still very optimistic, even though the scores haven't. I haven't shown it, and um, look, I, I love the sport. I love the game. I love to compete, and uh, I'm excited to get out there and, and still excited to work hard. In fact, I'm on the back of the range right now and just hit some balls. So um, I just I, I just love the sport. I love to try to get better, and, you know, I haven't been very pleased with my game, but that, that kind of motivates me to keep working on it. Um, You've got uh, you've got in addition to playing you've got some other duties uh, now as a, as an assistant captain at the uh, with with the international side. Have you begun to kind yeah. of delve into that now and look at the list of players and see who's kind of uh, might match up well, or is that still a little premature for that yet? I think it's a, a little premature. You know, I d- definitely take a look at the list, and Nick sends us out. You know, we're kind of on a, a group chat, and and we kind of. Uh, you know, talk amongst us. Um, right now is just kind of the logistics, you know, looking at, you know, the, the different, like this morning we were talking about different colors of golf bags. He sent a list of all the, you know, pictures of how we think the golf bag should look for all the players and, and little things like that are we, we kind of put together right now or Nick's putting together right now and with our input. And then um, come early June, we're having a meeting up in, uh, up in New York at Liberty National where uh, Captain Price and the rest of us guys will get together and start to, I think, formulate a plan and discuss things a little bit more. Would you uh, Would you be happy to see uh, a couple of Canadians or at least one Canadian uh, on that team? I know Adam Hadwin's yeah. in position now and Gray Bales has been playing well. It would be uh, kind of a nice to have those guys on board. Oh, it would be fantastic. I'd love to have those guys on there. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I know how much of a thrill it was for me the, 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 the times that I played the President's Cup and talking to Graham, he had such a great time and it's such a unique thing you know in an individual sport to play on a team event like that everybody gets very excited about it and fired up so i'm i'm i would certainly love to have a couple of the guys uh, on the team and i think nick would too we want the guys who are playing the best and you know kind of leading in with with good form and playing well so hopefully graham adam david you know maybe nick taylor these guys hopefully you never know when someone gets on a good run leading right into uh that president's cup um speaking of a good run it must have been nice for you to see a good pal of yours and Sergio Garcia finally get that major. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was great. Um, and they, he and Justin both played great golf, and you know, 
Sergio just seemed to like he he just does have a different uh, little different mentality, and maybe that's with maybe getting married and different perspective, and um, he definitely seemed calmer um, and just like much more in control of himself, and that's that's what wins major championships. It's not not the best player sometimes or the best ball striker who's playing the best who can control themselves and who knows themselves the best under those situations, and he he really looked like a different person. Well, well, congratulations, uh, Mike Weir. This is a long list of, of accomplishments and honors you've received, and uh, going into the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame, I think, is, uh, is a pretty fitting one. So uh, congratulations on, on, yeah. on the latest induction. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Thanks.